0: Right now, you're listening to the Azeem Digital Asks podcast, the podcast where I, Azeem, talk to some of the top marketers in the industry, find out everything about them, how they got to where they are today, and more importantly, sharing some really useful marketing tips that will help everybody listening to this become better marketers. Stay tuned for another great episode. Hello and welcome back to the Azim Digital Asks podcast. Today, I am joined by two absolutely incredible and inspirational human beings, Rejoice Ojaku and Wilhelmina Gilbertson, better known as Reggie and Wills. Together, they're both the founders of Be Digital UK, a digital marketing platform which showcases black talent in the digital industry. We'll be talking all about diversity and inclusion, wage equity, and everything in between. This should be a fucking firecracker of an episode. Ladies welcome to the show.
1: Hi thank you for having me. Thanks for having us.
0: You are more than welcome. Right so I've reached out to you both privately and separately to see how well you know each other. So we're going to start with this. I asked you both if you could have dinner with one celebrity who would it be? So Wills I'm going to ask you first about Reggie. Do not react to each other, so I want to see how you get it, okay? And if you can get it. So, Will's asked Reggie if she could have dinner with one celebrity, who would she be? And these are the three options that she gave me. Option one, she said, Jay-Z, because of the Twitter meme that's been going around. Option two is Judge Lynn Toler, because she's so smart, and I feel she would be a good chat. Well, option three is Beyonce, because it's Beyonce. Who do you think she said?
2: Hmm, I mean, I'm going with Beyonce was she right yes (laughs) (laughs) oh i hope i get hers right
0: (laughs) so for the listeners you can't see but they're both just doing a little dance (laughs) right and then flipping it around i asked exactly the same question and these were the three options that i got back so option one will said michael jackson because he's a musical genius Option two, Beyoncé, because she's Beyonce. Or option three, Maya Angelou, because her creativity knew no knew no bounds, and I would love to hear more about her processes. What do you think she said?
1: Hmm. Oh no. Um Beyonce.
0: Oh they're dancing again. (laughs) Well done.
2: I know my girl! (laughs) I know my girl.
0: Right, and this one I haven't prepared you for, so I want an answer just straight off the bat. Don't even think about it. And Reggie, I'll come to you first this time. One million pound or spend an entire morning with Beyonce.
1: Oh, 100% percent million pounds. Hundred. <laughs> I mean, I love Beyonce. Don't get me wrong, but money, I make. So a million pounds.
2: The city bone you. Yes. Wills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a million pounds. Same answer. Yeah, like right. love you, Beyonce, but it's a million pounds. <laughs>
0: Love this. So I missed this Jay-Z meme. So I was talking to Reggie and I was like, what's this Jay-Z meme? And that's, this is where she told me. And I was like, look, I fucking love Jay-Z, but you've got to secure that fucking bag. Forget that. You could exactly. have dinner with Jay-Z, walk out, get flattened by a bus and be dead. You need to make sure mum and dad finally set up for life. So... <laughs> True. Anyway, let's get on to the episode. Thank you both for giving up an evening and talking to me. For anybody who shamefully does not know who either of you are, would you like to give a short intro to yourself, and I'll come to Will's first.
2: So I'm Willamina. I'm an SEO specialist. I'm also a business owner, and I'm also a model. Um, out of me and rejoice, be digital founders, you would say she's more like I would say the face of it. So I'm quite like shy. Public speaking and stuff gives me like anxiety. So <laughs> I kind of let her do that, and I'm more behind the work. So that's essentially me. Reggie. Um. So I'm rejoice. I'm an SEO account
1: manager. Um and I'm also a full-time tweeter. Um, I'm always on Twitter. and um, also I do have a, you know, is it design creative design service that I provide for like Instagram mostly. And I'm also a co-founder of B Digital UK. So most of the times it is me via the social the B Digital UK accounts, chatting to people. Um, but as William said I tend to be at the forefront and um, you know she's a you know rock star in terms of the content operations everything so that's us.
0: Awesome thank you very much as I mentioned both for joining and Wills we're gonna lift that confidence in this next 30 minutes for sure. The listeners can't see but already like we're a few minutes in she's been dancing already loving life so we're definitely gonna lift this up. I wanted to ask you both first of all then be digital what is it? How did this idea come around? Tell me the process. Like, where did this all start? How did it happen?
2: Um, I'll say that it just mainly came from wanting to be represented. Um, when I started in SEO, I didn't know anybody who did it. I didn't even know what SEO was. Redress is the only person I knew. I didn't even know her that well because she spoke about it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, I've seen this girl on Twitter. She talks about this thing she does. That's what I'm doing now. Let me find out more. So I reached out and she's like, you're going to love it. And then from then we ended up working in the same place. I went to the bathroom and I saw the reception. I was like, "Wait, is that my choice?" And so um, we just like wanted to be represented. We went to we went to a conference and it was aimed at women in um, who work in SEO, and it was an amazing experience and we loved being there. But then we noticed that even in the space created for us, we were still a minority as black people. We could count like, maybe about like seven in maybe about two hundred people. So we're like we need a space where black people can represent it, be represented. Um also to let people know that there is this amazing career out there called SEO that you can do. It's not as scary. Um, it's fun and also to have a safe space when you do have, you know, the things that you do endure in the marketing world, people you can talk to who can relate and understand where you're coming from. And that's where Be Digital was birthed. And there's still so much we're doing (laughs) as it continues to grow. We find another dimension of area that we need to touch on. We need to expose, like, you know, today we're talking about wages. So that's Be Digital.
0: Awesome. And Reggie, I'm going to come to you. And this question I've not prepared you for. Given... How long Be Digital has been around for now and hopefully continues to be around for longer, long and just a huge amount of time. What's one thing that you wish you could go back and change about B Digital? Was there any hiccups along the way? Anything that you think, oh shit, I wish I could have done that differently.
1: Um I, I don't know. I think it would be I wish we created created a website off the start i i wish we did i wish we created a website from the beginning because you know maybe i guess that was down to our own speculations in terms of oh this is not going to go anywhere so we probably don't need to create a website let's just let's just stick to um social media so we wasn't prepared that b digital was going to get the reception it has received so far um, so then we were thinking, OK, I think at some point I was like, well, Mina, we have to create a website. And she was like, yeah, we do. Because <laughs> it was get, getting so big. So that's one thing I wish we, we changed. I wish we planned for that website quite early and actually... Got that sorted and got that um and fixed, but i I believe everything happens for a reason because now that we are able to sort of when we got the funding we we're able to then get money to pay someone to do the website so i I believe that all things sort of happen the way it needs to happen um but you know, wish we did that earlier but hey ho,
0: yeah that is an absolutely brilliant answer thank you very much for sharing that so I wanted to come on and and sort of zone in on the focal point of this episode, which is about wage equity and both of you are incredibly open and honest about your salaries which is great and I don't think there's enough of it and I'm also feel a bit frustrated that it's two young black women who are doing this and it should be other people in the industry the people who are often seen as gatekeepers so I wanted to ask you like what do you think are the advantages and disadvantages of being so open about your salaries? So I'll come to you first Wills. What do you think are the, you know, the pros and cons of being so open about this?
2: I think the pros are Um, having those conversations that people know what they should expect or what the average is and the kinds of helps. I think the cons on a personal basis is everyone giving their two pence in as to what they think your salary, like what you are entitled to, what you're not, like is your skill set, et cetera, good enough. Um, They want to tell you how to, you know, divide your own money everyone wants you to live life on vibes and save like 90 percent <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it's like <laughs> the, the cons everyone has some kind of look down to your money and then also i think when you're applying for jobs people do feel like if you've already got this much they can kind of like lowball you or you can only look for increase this much and honey he doesn't work like that around here oh. so there's <laughs> it but Again, going back to the pros, it gives other people, like, aspire to what you can kind of get. And also, along with that, the skill set. So you can look at what that person with that kind of salary, what their skill set is. And, okay, this one I need to, you know, focus on. This one I need to improve on. This one I need to level up. So it has its its both sides, but more pros and cons. Yeah.
0: Anything to add there, uh, Reggie?
1: Um, I guess for me, it's, you know, salary transparency. I guess for me, most importantly, in the black community is sort of like a taboo to sort of speak on your salary, and um, you know, because a lot of people so, so are sometimes, you know, very um, hesitant to believe you that you're on this salary or they think, oh, you know, maybe they have faced issues within the workplace that's, that's, you know, proving difficulty to sort of get to the salary they want to get to. But I think having that transparency, sort of like, like Wilhelmina says, let people know this is attainable. You know, whether it's you know, whether I've done it in three years or I've done it in four, but it's attainable. And when we get past that gate of I know I can do it, we can start having conversations of how you can do it. How can you get to that level? How can you get to this salary? What skills do you need and what tools can you know can you use and stuff like that. The con side of it. Is we live in such a, you know, I guess, weird world where people can give sort of troll you about it. But I think we need to have a discussion, especially black people, black women being low um when it comes to salary, when it comes to negotiation of salaries and all those things. And, you know, and, you know, people being sort of hesitant in applying for jobs that are quite high salaries, even though you have a skill set. But because you're sort of afraid, you don't go for it thinking, oh, I I don't deserve that salary but you do You, you wouldn't know unless you try it
0: yeah that's absolutely brilliant and I just wanted to to touch on something that you said there about being trolled I don't necessarily want to know like what what people have said but I wanted to know how how you'd respond to that and when you say people troll you is it things like you know trolling you for not earning enough or trolling you for putting it out there or so two things really like why would somebody troll for me as a so a normal person I would never do that to anybody so I can't no. process that somebody would do that but equally how do you process something like that what what's your what's your process
1: um I guess for me you know when I put my salary out there quite recently with my new job um I, I got sort of it from both ends people's like oh this is why you don't talk about your salary why would you even mistake your salary or you know this is not even enough and, and and such and such and for the for the comments of this is not even a lot you know I'm sorry okay you're 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 clearly on 100k I'm sorry that my salary is not enough for you well, that's fine because that's my achievement. I think you have to process it in the in the sense of the salary you're on. Everyone has a different journey, a different career, a different sector, a different market. You need to look at where you are at within your life and if you're happy to get that salary because you know not everyone who's worked three years in SEO has attained 40k, but I'm on 40k. Then that is where my achievement is, and that's where my joy comes from. So when people are telling me it's not enough, that's absolutely okay. Um, it's enough for me because I'm I can budget very well and still live my life. But mm. if it's not enough for you. That's cool. Attain higher. Go past me. I I you know I don't care. We're living we're living two different lives. For other people who are trolling you based on based on you shouldn't post it out there. You need to understand why you did. And I posted mine because I don't need to be scared of um my salary. I, I stated on Twitter before when I was a graduate, I was on 24k. What you, you know, what you what do you mean to do? That that's what I started on. But I'm telling you because if you look at the trajectory of my career, I'm so proud that in the space of three years and move from 24K to 40, it's, hmm. it's my personal goal. And you have to understand why you are telling your story? And if you know why, other people should sort of, you know, drown out all the sound, all the noises, and just focus on that. And I think that's how you sort of handle the trolls. And don't be afraid to block, 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 block. i chatting rubbish. So, yeah.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you. Wills, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on geography? So how much of an impact do you think geography has on people's wages? So do you think people in London earn more or less than people in the north? What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I think people in London earn a bit less than other people um, around the globe. We're talking about from where you're based, like in the north, I feel like London salaries are higher because of it's London, where we live. Um, living costs here are ridiculous. Well, even every MO doesn't really make up for it, <laughs> but we try.
0: I think you're absolutely spot on. I've, I've got a friend who works in, in media, and I know he listens to this podcast, but many years ago, I used to be in London twice a week, and he was like, listen, don't get a hotel, come and stay at mine. I was like, oh, great, awesome. His journey to work is two different tubes, an overground, and a 20-minute walk, and that's one way. And I'm like, mate, this is what you do, like, every day. And he's like, yeah? And then, I'm just thinking back to what you said earlier, I was like, this is basically the definition of, like, living life on Vibes, because I, I couldn't do that for a week.
2: <laughs> I don't quit.
0: Yeah, he loves it, absolutely. Yeah, he's a weird one. I wanted to ask you then, this is something, again, that I haven't prepared you for. So, Reggie talked about being a graduate and earning a specific amount of salary. You don't have to share whether you haggled or not, because that's none of my business, none of anybody's business. Mm-hmm. But... If there are graduates listening to this, if there are people just about to enter the industry now Mm -hmm. who think, you know what, I've done a degree in a very specialist area of marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what, I've done a course in Python, for example, I could Mm -hmm. do Python straight away. Do you think that they have the leeway to potentially negotiate a higher starting salary or should people just take
1: what they're given? I mean, I don't think you should take what you're given. I think if you want to negotiate, negotiate. If you can get it, get it. I, I don't think you should, you should, you know, just accept it for, you know, just accept what they're giving you off the bat. However, I would say from a graduate level, you're a graduate coming into a now full-time role. You You have the knowledge, but you don't have the application yet. You have not applied it to actual business cases. You have not applied it to real life situations. You don't know what it means to handle clients, handle all of these things. So you have to understand that. They set the graduate level, they set the graduate salary based on them assuming you are coming in with no experience. And technically you are, even though I studied a master's in marketing and trust me, I thought, you know what, I am going to negotiate, blah, 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 blah. You know, I have a master's, I should get higher. Mm, not, not really, you know, I did have a master's in marketing, which helped me understand the theories that people were talking about when I started the grad job, but it did not help me understand how to apply it. You know i can get the conversation but how supply it was a whole different case so i think you have to look at it from a from a two different perspective if you're great with data analytics if you're great with codes and what and whatever i would say you have more of a leverage because coding is you know i guess the B's needs coding is amazing you have more of a leverage however if they don't offer you offer you that because you're still a graduate always remember that your graduate salary is not where you're going to be forever. Sometimes you just have to close your eyes, accept it, get your foot in the door on, I don't know, 24K salary. Obviously don't accept anything that's 18K because that's actually slavery, but go in at like 20 something K and and then, and then progress and then start and actually have a plan that you're on 24K, the graduate program ends in a year. After the year, you want to be on 30K. That's attainable. And you're going to grow in that way. But that's how I would handle the graduate levels and the graduate scheme. And, you know, but any any company offering you 18K to live in London didn't just reject it. Don't even argue reject it. <laughs> that is modern day slavery. And I think that's ridiculous.
0: Are there actually companies in London offering graduates 18K?
2: yes so when I graduated my first like ever interview like proper place it offered me 18k and I even had to do a presentation for that interview and I knew nothing about that industry and when I didn't get it I was so upset and I was devastated and I found out afterwards so that was peanuts to offer me because like we're saying right now you don't know if you don't know you don't know all I knew, was a graduate, I wanted a job, and they were offering me a salary. And I was working at Tesco before, so any money before was greater than what I was getting before. So now they're telling me 18k. I was like, Yep, I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna smash this presentation. I didn't get it, I was devastated. Only to find out is that what they're offering me. So I could even get better than that. Joris is right. Don't take that money. Don't take <laughs>
0: it.
2: Graduate. <laughs> yeah, they, like they, they might,
1: they might as well offer you um uh an internship that's unpaid. They might as well because. 18K, unless you're living with family and your family has it like that to support you. But I think mm-hmm. companies forget graduates are, yes, they don't have experience, but they doesn't mean we should just pay them any chicken change that we see. And a lot of times what companies do that I really dislike is, is a graduate level, but you sort of give them roles that require five people to do. And it's like, it, and I just think it's such an unfair way to treat people Especially people who are trying to learn, because what you're doing is you're kind of removing the fun out of it because they will feel that they've been overworked and not being paid adequately. And even though, yes, they are, even though, yes, they are, you know, what's it called? Graduates. At the end of the day, they can still feel um, you know undeserving or feel like you're treating them as you know someone to do all the jobs because you can't be bothered to hire six people to do mm. the things?
0: thing that is absolutely brilliant um the last question i wanted to to ask you both and, and Wills, i'll come to you first we've talked a lot about graduates and new people coming into the industry what advice would you give to yeah young the industry is quite young what advice would you give to young black people in the industry now you so were thinking about moving jobs?
2: Look at the salary and also look at the skill set. Don't let the salary scare you or think, oh, this number is a bit too high. Do I deserve it? Or oh, it's a big jump from what I do now. Look at the requirements of the job. That's what it is. If you can do it, or even if you know, like I can do some of it and I can learn the rest of the job, make that be known. But the number, just ignore it there. Just know that if I can look at that skill set and everything there, yep, tick, tick, I can know. Or yes, I know it's a little bit, I can learn. Go for that job. The worst that happens until you know. Then you know, and then you go to somewhere else. But don't let that hinder you and think, oh, that's a big jump, you know. Go for it. 100% go for it.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Reggie, what do you think, what advice would you give to, to young black people who are thinking about maybe moving jobs?
1: I would say, if you're moving jobs, look for another person in the role, in the job you want. Look for them and speak to them. Ask them what the day-to-day is. So you have a better idea of what this role actually entails. Because, yes, the job requirement is there. But let's be real. A lot of people, a lot of us do way more than what we originally signed up to do. Right. So if you're trying to move career, find out about that industry. Find out about the market. Find out the various different aspects your skill sets can fit in. And don't be afraid to approach people. I think a lot of young black people you know don't approach people because they fear they want they don't want to be a beg but this is your career so if you have to be a beg in a professional manner to get what you need to get be a beg i'm not saying lick ass i'm just saying go to the person introduce yourself and say i'm interested in applying to this role because you never know if you end up applying and they remember you that oh this person actually reached out to me they can put in a good word a lot of time, people get people do get jobs because or people or hiring managers make the final decision, not because, you know, okay, they, they meet all the requirements. You probably met it, but because, oh, we like you. We heard that you're great. Someone likes you, so we're going to take you. You know, you, st- you stand out in terms of your skill set matches, but the final decision was just because we actually got a great recommendation from someone who works here and who actually thinks you'd be good for the job. And then you got it. Do not be afraid to approach people if you're trying to jump industries so you can understand fully what the skill sets are, the requirements are, what the industry's like,
2: and how you want to sort of manoeuvre.
0: Wills has something to say. That
2: was so cool. Um, Yeah, just to add on to a I remember when I first started like, learning about networking and everything, it always ask people how they got into their job. And they'd always be like, oh, I just fell into it. Oh, I just networked. And I used to roll my eyes because I'd be like, what if you don't like doing that? How am I supposed to get a job? And again, hearing her say that has reminded me of that, but guys, it's actually true. Like learn how to network, even like it, cause like I said at the beginning, I hate stuff like that. My confidence, I don't know how to talk to people like that. It makes me feel all like nervous. I have anxiety, but it's a skill that you need. Like Padre said, that will help you get a job. And that's how I got my first job. I went to a networking event and I met someone who told me like, yeah, I work here and they're looking for a job. So I applied and I made sure like when I went to the interview, I mentioned her by name, even had lunch afterwards and she gave me pointers. And I didn't get that job. But then they called me afterwards saying that we have another position open. And the person we interviewed really liked you so they recommended you for this. And that's literally how I got my job. So it really, really makes a difference being impressionable. It really, really makes a difference putting yourself out there, speaking to people, just you know, curiosity. Because sometimes they give you that insight that you may never would have known before. So definitely, definitely. From somebody who has anxiety who hates things like this, I am telling you, it is worth the while learn that skill.
0: Yeah, you are absolutely spot on, and you've reminded me of a, a bit of advice that was given to me in the past, which I'm I'm happy to share now. And if anybody disagrees, well tough it's my podcast bitch Uh, (laughs) if you're in a job now you're looking to move to a current job they ask you they will always ask you what are you earning now give them a bracket and make that bracket fucking wide i'm talking 10k right so if you were on 40k i would say my current salary is between 38 and 48 their response gives you an indication indication into what sort of person and employer they are because nine out of ten people say well, that's quite a wide bracket, but there's always that one. Why aren't you getting, why aren't you telling me exactly what you're on? Mm-hmm. Always trying to grill you down. Like, can you tell me exactly what you're on? I was like, yeah, can you give me exactly this job first? <laughs> then you, <laughs> then we'll talk about it. But when you give, if you give it so wide, look at their reaction. And they're like, okay, that, that's quite wide. And i said, say, look, you've advertised a salary between X to Y. My salary is this. Here's where I want to be. Reggie, you have something to add to go for it.
1: Yeah, so... Just to just to piggyback of what you just said I do, I do remember when I was um after my graduate job and um, I was trying to get onto I was on 24k I was trying to get onto uh, a it that's 30k so I was trying to make like a six jump um 6k jump and uh, the crew were just like do you tell people you what exact, you exactly you are on and me in my naive sense was like yeah you know I do tell them exactly what I'm on She's like don't ever do that. Um, to shoot, and I was advised to lie Lie about what you're on So if you're on 24k I kept saying I was on 28 I was on 28k So the salary I'm going to look for is 30k Now even if I didn't get 30k I would at least get 28 or 29 In between that gap So it doesn't matter I will still make a jump with my new job So that would be my advice I would say If you're not comfortable lying I would say yeah give a range and let the range be quite big. So you don't want to, because I just feel there's no point moving to a new job for a 1k jump in salary. Unless your current job is hell. Then yeah, I would say jump ship. But if it's not, and you're sort of comfortable, but you kind of want that increase of salary, there's no point moving to a new job if your increase is 1k. Let your increase be at least minimum 3, 4. And if you're on 30k, say you're on 35 They'll give you either thirty-seven and above. Just say that, and that way, that's why I told my sister, and she moved, and she was like, "Oh wow, I didn't think I could do this." I was like, "I was like, he's who's gonna, who's gonna beat your ass. <laughs> who's gonna beat your ass. So just, just do it, and and that, that, that's how you sort of get ahead in the game. I feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I should have added to my earlier comment. If you are going via a recruiter, I'm, I'll always be honest with a recruiter because. It's a recruiter's job to secure the bag for you, basically, yeah. isn't it? So I would always tell them, look, right now I'm on 14k. This is what I want. If you're going directly to an employer, you tell them my salary is currently 14 to 24. Yeah, um, and then subconsciously you're putting yourself out there at 10k higher than what you actually are. But yeah,
1: absolutely, it's
0: in the recruiter's interest to um to get you the most money, and in, some some recruiters as well. Not all, some. Not nice, like I've spoken to a recruit in the past and they were like, yeah, hi Azim, yeah, I've got your CV. Just want to let you know we've hit our three-month target in, in six weeks, so we're really happy about it. I don't care. What are you telling me that for? Like, <laughs> Great, good for you. What you eat isn't going to fill me up. Anyway, we're coming close to the end of this podcast now. There's so much more that I wanted to talk to you about. So a couple of things I wanted to ask. Wills, I'll come to you first. If there are people... Listening to this podcast, who are nodding away like you both have been for the listeners. These guys have been nodding their heads away, waving away things to add. If there are people listening to this and they're like, "I love this, but I don't feel that confident to to sort of speak up and do something about it," what advice would you give them?
2: Find people who have the voice that you want to have. They would be like your biggest support, and it'll kind of have that people around you. I kind of give you that confidence. That's what I kind of did because, like, as myself, I can't. So I found people I knew who had like the same. Um, mindset as me want to speak about the things and that kind of gives it that confidence to speak about it because you know you're supported and people who see what you see and people who can help you to artistic- articulate in a way that you probably can't by yourself so definitely find the community like what we're trying to build so basically come over to be digital um we will help you to find that voice we will help you to you know let people who know what you want to say so definitely reggie yeah i would just say definitely um yeah you gotta find you know the
1: community and i will definitely say you know Look deep into yourself to sort of find out where that fear is coming from, because at some point you do have to tackle that fear, and at some point you do have to be your own voice, you know not saying that you you won't get any support, but it's but stories experiences are always better told from the person living it, so it's always good to sort of find out where that fear is coming from and tackle it and a lot of time it can be imposter syndrome, which is something that everyone goes through, but mm. I would say you know maybe slowly speak out little by little. No one's, you know, you don't have to f- put yourself out there, but maybe slowly give opinions or give statements. You know, just here and there, eventually you will be comfortable. If you're scared to speak about your salary, then there's definitely people who can um, use people who are within the community to ask for advice. Ask how you should approach things. Ask how you should think about things. Ask how you should, you know, look at things from a different perspective. What are negotiation tips? What are negotiation styles? Um, if it's about speaking about, you know, you know, something happening in the industry that you don't like, then speak about people who are already speaking about it and maybe see see if you can join that conversation. That way you kind of build up your own, persona your own personality and over time you'll be able to then have your own voice to then speak up for yourself
0: that is absolutely spot on thank you very much both of you for sharing that and i can't let you both go without very quickly touching on (laughs) diversity and inclusion i know you've spoken about it in the past i wanted to ask you it's a fact right there are not enough people of color black asian minority ethnic people in this industry it's an absolute fact we know that we've talked about it till the cows come home Mm. what do you both think the industry can do to be better
1: for me challenge why challenge why whiteness is the preferred look that has to be challenged why is whiteness the preferred look and it might not be that you're intentionally trying to make a preferred look but you have to challenge it if for example you are you are an organization and you're hosting an event and you notice hey only white faces challenge it Challenge it, change it. A lot of times, I, I I guess for me, I'm tired of this whole, we're going to do better next time. Next time comes, you don't do better. We're going to do better next time. Is is a cycle. If you're not going to interrupt the cycle, then don't tell me you're gonna do better. And I think with a lot of things about diversity and inclusion, for you for us not to see a lot of white faces, you utilize communities, utilize Be Digital UK, utilize women in tech SEO, utilize communities that actually target um, minorities, target diverse faces. If you're not going to utilize it, and you're not going to try to even find out about these communities, then to me, you're not really challenging the um, this diversity and inclusion, because we can't rely on, you know, clearly, you know, your, you know, um, conscious bias, we can't rely on that, we can't rely for you to do it, and you don't have to do it alone, you can actually collaborate with these people, these people are there are mm. free, they're open and willing to do it but the issue is, if you don't want to challenge why whiteness is preferred that's always going to be a hindrance for you to communicate with these people who actually have built platforms that promote black people in tech black people in marketing, women in marketing, women in digital marketing if you're not going to Um, admit that maybe you just like white men being the forefront then you're not really going you're not really diverse or you're not really trying to be diverse or trying to have any sort of inclusion within your Mm. business
0: that is absolutely brilliant Wills I can see you nodding away so I'm sure you've got things to add but I just wanted to quickly drop in I wanted to ask your thoughts let's flip the script slightly and say I'm a white man listening to this and I have suddenly become aware of my privilege and want to do something about it where do I start? How do I begin? What do I do?
2: I would say the first thing is to listen. But I think that's where most people like starts and it stops. They just listen and they tell you like, we listen, we understand, we stand look, stand with you, actionable points. You need to look at you, what kind of like accessibility that you have that black people don't have and how can you bring those people to, you know, benefit from that the same way that you do. like example, you're listening to this. You are, I don't know, an account manager or something. I'm pretty sure there's executives underneath you who want to be where you are. Mentor them, listen to them, ask them what they what they need to get to that step. Figure out how you can support them in that growth. If you're someone who's higher up, if you're like in the hiring team, you see this, why are black people not being hired in your place? I'm pretty sure CVs come and they have the skills. So look into that. So it's not just about listening. I need actionable points. And then also making sure the actionable points they're not a one-time thing. They're continuous because a lot of time we get like, we support you or they'll do like one thing. It's not just Black like History Month. I don't need it just once a year. We need it all the time, every day, three, six, five. How can you do it all the time this actionable? That when you move on, it's still continuing. That doesn't just stop with you. So I think that's where the work has to be focused on where it needs to be done. Mm.
0: Love that. Reggie, you have something to say?
2: Yeah. And I think
1: definitely one thing you should you should not do is center yourself in the in the conversation allyship is not about centering yourself in it allyship is like will said recognize your privilege using your privilege to put people on the pedestal so you being a white person in a, such a great position use that to bring other diverse people along so by doing that, you are, again, like we said, if you're struggling to find diverse applicants, then maybe talk to the, the communities you want these applicants to be from. If you want Black African Caribbean, if you want you know, ethnic, other ethnic minorities, talk to the communities. But please do not centre yourself in the discussion. Um, do not, you know, feel attacked that, oh, you know, You know you're you're being attacked that you are a white man. It's not an attack. It is just asking you to open your eyes and see the reality that you are you are not seeing because of your privilege. But that is not my reality, and I'm telling you this is our reality. Not for me to attack you, belittle you, but just so that in in essence, just actually understand that my truth is not the same as your truth but I'm trying. But if you have that power, why not use it to bring people along with you? And that's what diversity and inclusion is. It is not, Will said, it's not a one-time thing. It is ongoing. You don't do mm. it to appease me. You do it because there is a betterment of another
2: society that you're actually trying to do.
0: 100% Wills.
2: Yeah, just to quickly add on to that, um, don't expect praise for it. Don't Facts. expect praise for it, don't. Um, this is something that should be a norm by now so if you're doing it it's great using your privilege for that but you're not a missionary Mm. like don't expect praise for you know i helped this person that did that no because right now in 2021 it should be a norm we shouldn't have to fight or we shouldn't have to do these things that we're doing right now to get black people in these spaces so thank you for using your privilege for that but we're not going to put you in you know in a pedestal and then crazy for doing what actually should be doing mm,
0: Love that. Thank you very much both. That is really, really insightful. <laughs> the only thing I would add to that from a personal point of view, and I'm conscious not to take up too much time in your episode, but after we finish recording this and when this comes out next week, go on Instagram, three brands, five brands, go on their page, scroll right the way back down to whenever Blackout Tuesday was. Exactly as you both said, we will be better. Then scroll up and look how white it is. I did this today. Today is the 24th of March. This episode is coming out next week. I put myself in the foot there and I'll have to put it out. But (laughs) go back, look at people's Instagrams. I found at least three or four this evening where I thought, you know what? And then ask five people when Blackout Tuesday, what was the exact date of Blackout Tuesday and see if they remember. Because a lot of it for me is just tokenism. Like everybody else is doing it, so we'll do it. If they can name the actual date, And if they can show that there has been actual progress since Blackout Tuesday, then for me, you'll get a a two metre socially distanced Bluetooth Facebook.
1: (laughs) Just to add on that, just to add on that, it's for me it's incredibly more shocking seeing media agencies do it and and doing that and not actually Mm making progress. It is incredibly shocking only because media controls a lot of narratives. And if Mm. you have joined in as a media agency and media organizations to recognize Black Lives Matter, um, the movement of it, and you haven't done anything since then to be progressive, to me, you are putting on a facade. To me, my experience, my trauma, my lives, you know, whatever I'm going through, it's not that important to you. And that and this is what i always sort of look at with agencies and i guess with a lot of black people it's sort of when we hear companies want to do this we already know okay we'll give it a month we're going to give it a month and see mm. where you're at in a month we're going to give until the you know this dies down and see where you're at when this dies down but if your media agency it is your responsibility and i feel that you need to be able to have the right narrative spoken by the right people i don't want to see you know black lives matter conversations being led by a white person i'm um, not to say that they haven't gotten it you know they can't add to it but that is not their lived experience or that is not their um story and i don't want to see you know you did you know all black lives matter and all these stuff and then your, you know your conference is all white people mm, it's it's not adding up to me so i think you know we should definitely look at for media agencies a lot of the time because you know, working in SJ, which is digital marketing, and any marketing agency, I'm very weary about these things. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you guys have the black square, but <laughs> all the black people.
2: So
0: <laughs> that is brilliant. Listen, both of you, thank you very much for giving up uh, one of your evenings to to spend some time with me and just drop some real good fucking knowledge bombs. I really hope people's ears have pricked up and when they've listened to this, and for me personally, I hope in-person conferences come back soon because you are definitely two people i would love to meet in person and just Same. put the fucking world to rights if people wanted to find out more about you both individually or find out more about B digital how can they do that how can they get in touch
2: take it away with
1: Joyce. so for be digital we are on instagram and we are on twitter um on twitter i think is B um, underscore digital uk if I'm not correct, but I, I keep forgetting because the underscore moves each time. But it's UK. Um, If you can't find it, then follow me, Reggie Yates, on Twitter. You will see it in my bio. Um, BGTUK are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Clubhouse. Um, And hopefully one day, well, soon we'll be on your web, like the desktop, on the website. So that's where you can find us. Me personally, I'm on LinkedIn, with Joyce and I am on also Twitter, Reggie Yates. I do talk a lot on Twitter. So if you do follow me, please bear in mind that you'll see a lot of crap. Being I chat a lot of crap and I chat a lot of SEO as well. <laughs> but a lot of time I'm there for bands and I'm there for marketing. That's just me.
0: Well.
2: Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, that's Willamina Gilbertson. You can find me on Twitter. Um reels underscore pb similar to rejoice that is my social media platform so if you expect an seo then unfortunately you won't find it if you want to find out more about me you'll find it there also to confirm is b digital underscore uk on twitter so we look forward to seeing you guys there during what we're doing and yeah
0: you get the thumbs up from reggie there definitely send me the links i'll shove them all in the show notes and for me listen thank you very much both again this is the part that, firstly, I haven't prepared you for, uh, and B, where I shut up now. So the last epi- the last word on your episode goes to you both. So I'm going to give you both 30 seconds. Open forum, within reason, of course. I can see Reggie's already got something in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> say whatever you want, but the last word on this episode goes to you both. So Reggie, your 30 seconds starts now.
1: What I want to say is black people are amazing, and I wish more people um, thought about our experience. And also, um, I'm on the side of Meghan Markle.
2: that's mine you already know follow us on digital. also Black Lives Matter in every single way in all aspects of life Um, also I'm also on the side of Meghan Markle that is a great side to be on and yeah thank you for having us (laughs) yeah thank you
0: So that was another great episode in the bag. I'm really enjoying hearing from some brilliant people in this industry. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Spotify. Please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you are using. Tell a friend to tell a friend and hopefully see you for the next episode.